When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf, and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. Gosh, we all need to do that. So this is what I hear. I'm here to help you do. I have experts that come on my show, and I give you scientific tips and techniques to help you manage your mind and clean up the mental mess. Considering our mind's always working, that's a really good bonus to know how to do. Okay, so today I'm going to be talking about how to neurocycle with your children or how to help your children manage their mental mess using the neurocycle. But before we begin, I am so excited. Tomorrow, my new book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, the same name as this podcast, is going to be released. 2nd of March, tomorrow, 24 hours left only to pre-order. And when you pre-order, you get all these fantastic bonuses. Bonuses. I'm actually going to give you a chapter on how to help your kids neurocycle. And there's an extra bonus chapter on how to manage mental stress. And there's a chapter on brain building recipes to help build your brain. And there's a one month free month on my neurocycle app which walks you through this process and there's also discounts on inside tracker on certain supplements so many bonuses i tell you the bonuses are worth it we all give bonuses what authors do but i think mine are just amazing because they're really geared to helping you to really understand this process and help you understand your mind i'm so passionate about the mind which i think if you've been following me for a while now you do know that because your mind is everything it's your aliveness it's what keeps you alive and in this book I teach you about your mind and what happens if you don't manage your mind and, and what is the mind and what is a thought and what is memory and, and what's gone wrong with the current mental health system and what is mental health and how can you neurocycle and I mean how can you mind manage and the neurocycle is how you mind manage and what is the neurocycle and how do you do it and lots of practical how-tos dealing with trauma dealing with toxic habits breaking down those patterns in your life getting unstuck stopping people pleasing building good habits in your life. You can also use the neurocycle to build those things, those habits into your life that you want to have. So amazing stuff. Oh, and there's also a three-week book club if you pre-order. So go to wherever you pre-order books, pre-order the book, and then go to cleaningupyourmentalmess.com and make sure that you register your pre-order. You can only get the bonuses if you've registered your pre-order. So pre-order, and then wherever books are sold, wherever you want, and then just make sure you go to cleaningupyourmentalmess.com, the website, and, and register your pre-order. And now on to today's episode. Children. Well, I have four children. They were big now. So they're four adult children between the ages of 23 and 29. And they've grown up with this stuff. I mean, they've been my little lab rats where they've literally, as I've learned something new, I have been able to help my kids use the system. I mean, there's one chapter in this book where I've got a whole section on brain building, which is basically how to grow knowledge and in a way that really, really stimulates your brain and your body in the correct way. And that I've put into this book and that is what you can do with your it's the most fantastic technique to help your children learn at school and so not only can they master their schoolwork and get excellent grades and really learn how to learn with brain building but also it builds resilience into the brain 
Brain building is one of the most important things that you can teach your children and yourself and any human can do to help with mental health. And it's not something that we speak about often. I, I don't know anyone else besides myself that talks about brain building. And I'll be doing a more in-depth podcast on that. But I strongly recommend that, you know, get your hands on this book and study everything here and learn how to brain build and do brain building with your kids. It changes the physical nature of the human brain. And I'm holding up for those of you that are listening by audio, I'm holding up a brain in a skull. It's not a real brain, but I am just saying that um, I'm using it as a prop to help us understand that when you do everything that I'm teaching you, you are building the health of your brain. You're improving the health in your brain and your body. And when you brain build, you're actually increasing the resilience of your brain and body and your brain health, which is so important to just manage life. I mean, life is really hard, as we know, and we constantly have challenges thrown away. And to be able to keep in a state of mental peace, that we can access the wisdom that we need to run our lives, brain building and the neurocycle, using, you use the neurocycle to brain build, but all the techniques I teach in my book and teach on this podcast and teach on my Instagram are going to help you have a more mentally peaceful life, managing that mental mess. So let's just come back to children. Let's now dive into a little bit more about children. So the first thing is the brain building. Okay, and as I said, I will be doing a separate episode on the details of how to brain build. But in the meantime, you can get it, you can pre-order today and get your book tomorrow so that you'll have access to that brain building. But today I specifically want to focus on how to use the neurocycle to help your children deal with things like anxiety and depression and, and, and fear and angst and that hovering anxiety and exasperation and frustration and, you know, all all those kinds of things that we as adults also experience, our kids also experience them. You've heard me say this so often by now, but basically our emotions, those emotions that I've just described, are not illnesses. But in today's age, it's so often those emotions are often are basically designated as a disease, which is tremendously sad. In fact, Children of today are growing up as the most drug generation ever because they're labeled and diagnosed and drugged generation ever. And that's incredibly sad and incredibly worrying because we shouldn't have a whole generation of children that are so drugged with all these these psychotropic medications because they there's so much research showing that they do not help the brain. They damage the brain. And that's a reality. If we look at how we are running our school systems and how we are how our kids are exposed to technology and the modern American diet, all these things are contributing to this sort of epidemic that we see of ADD and ADHD and all these kids that are battling and all this labeling and every second child's got something, depression, whatever. And it's so scary for parents because it seems like every second child, if not more, seems to have some kind of brain disease. But I want to put your minds at rest that having a very active mind or having anxiety or having depression doesn't mean that your child has a brain disease. It means that your child is experiencing the symptoms of an underlying issue. So often that busyness in your child is, first of all, potentially a part of their personality. Some of us are just more busy than others. And the other thing, it could be to do with their diet. The modern American diet that was introduced about 40 years ago is no good for, the, for, the, for anyone's brain, adult or child, and will certainly contribute to feelings of, of cognitive, like almost fogginess and feelings of agitation so that kids are busier and can't concentrate and so on. And it's so often related to food. The technological age, we have this wonderful advancement in technology, but we don't manage it, always manage it like we should. So I am not anti-cell phones and anti-technology. I mean, they're amazing. We're using it now. But if we don't manage 
image technology. And if we don't control how much we use it and when we use it, it's really not bad for you. But mismanagement is bad for you. But if we constantly just using it all the time and if our kids become data capturers instead of data processes, that can lead to feelings of extreme agitation. And what that would mean is that basically they are get, getting lots of data. They can, you can, I mean, we all know in the knowledge, in the information explosion era, and it's so easy to access this knowledge, but we don't, just getting it is not enough. Just having access to the knowledge is phenomenal, but just getting all these headlines and getting this data is, is not enough. We need to process it. We need to spend time thinking and feeling and choosing around that data to find out what it means to build healthy networks into our brain. So just memorizing things off by heart for a test, for example, and lots of bits of different information without fully and deeply thinking about them to understand is very brain damaging. It's very toxic to the brain. And that's why I started off by saying, really master the brain building section of this book and make sure that you use the five steps with your children, teach them how to do it in terms of how to learn. And that will make a tremendous difference in, in helping them organize the chaos that comes from just trying to just trying to adapt data capture, just being overstimulated by all this information. We need to teach our kids that, hey, don't just scroll through all these things. Choose one or two things and just look at that and read that and understand that instead of trying to scan the headlines of everything. And that goes for you as an adult as well. That's really important to understand. But with kids with a developing brain, with children as their brain is developing, this constant stimulation without taking the time to stand back and process is really damaging to the brain and can actually create a problem. And that problem is the description of the ADD or ADHD, but it's not a disease. It's the symptom of, it's something, it's saying, hey, listen, the way you're managing your mind is not right. We need to take time to slow down, to learn how to learn. When I was practicing and I practiced for 25 years, so many of my patients were battling with with, with schoolwork and they, they came to me with the labels and I hate labels, but they came to me with the labels of ADHD. And parents would say to me, my children have got ADD and ADHD. And my response to them would be to say, well, don't label your child because labels lock you in. And that's not an it. ADD and ADHD is not an it. It's a symptom of an underlying cause. So let's track back and see what is it? Let's look at the most basic and simple thing. What's your child's diet? What is your child's exercise pattern? What is your child's technology pattern? How much time are they reading books? How much time are you discussing the books that they've read? How much time do you spend watching a movie together and discussing the movie? How much time are you taking walks in nature and just talking about feelings and talking about life? And how much time is your child just able to sit and just let their mind wander? Just let their mind just sit there and, and just let them think without having to grab a phone or grab an iPad or, or grab or, or a video game or, or to do something. Can your child, have you taught your child to be able to just sit and just be with their thoughts? These are things that we used to do, but we're not doing anymore. And it's really a major part of helping our children to organize their thoughts. Because when they're so stimulated all the time and they don't have time to slow down and process, and a walk is great for that, and just having a thinker moment where they just sit and allow their mind to daydream just quietly in the sun or just, you know, play with their dogs and you know, play outside, those kind of really old-fashioned basic things, when we don't have enough of that, our brains get absolutely exhausted. And a child's brain will get even more exhausted more quickly than an adult brain because of the nature of the fact that the child's brain is still growing. So we've got to give that brain rest. If you don't give that brain rest and you're whipping them off to school early in the morning and you there's like a million things maybe you do before school and then they're busy, busy at school. And at school, we know now they don't move around enough. They don't have long enough play times. They don't do enough gym and exercise and stuff at school. So they're really put into an environment that's very toxic. And they, 
off, very often they're taught to the test, so they're not taught to really think through stuff. And I know now with online learning, everyone's complaining, but we do have with online learning now and this this pandemic, we do have the opportunity to, with our kids, to sit down and to really think through information more deeply and to study information more deeply. And the way you would do it is through the brain building. So it's the chapter in my book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. For those of you that can't see me, I'm holding up my book for Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess that comes out tomorrow. And there's a whole chapter on brain building, which is how you can help your kids understand their work and spend more time and not just teach teach to the test or just learn the basic facts but really you know if, you, if you're studying Einstein you know go not just get the facts about him but actually really read the text and, and digest the text through the five steps and that you, that you could actually have a conversation about that that is so healthy for the brain you know when I worked with my patients in my private practice they would obviously come in and I would obviously do a whole assessment to see you know where the issues are and what they needed help with and we'd start working out a diagnostic plan and once I started in, in therapy and, and, and there any good therapy is a constant process of diagnosis but I would start every session with helping them to with brain building and brain building with fun stuff with things they were interested in and that always built resilience in the brain then I would start working on the really hard stuff so if they were really battling with a learning disability and they were really battling to concentrate and to learn before we did the hard stuff of educational stuff that was maybe scary for them we would take something that they were interested in and then we would do build a whole metacog and do the whole five steps of the neurocycle around something that was fun and interesting for them. And that's something that you can do with your child as well. So that builds a lot of resilience. The other side of this brain building concept with your kids, and that contributes a lot to the symptoms of ADD and ADHD. Once again, ADD and ADHD is not a disease. It's a symptom of an underlying issue going on. And as I said, we've got to look at diet, we've got to look at exercise, we've got to look at technology management, and we've got to look at how children are actually processing their schoolwork because all those collectively can combine to create a lot of toxicity in the brain and the body and the mind as well because the mind is not the brain. The mind is around and through the brain. It's a gravitational field and it's our processor. It actually processes our mind, which is our aliveness, which is our ability to think and feel and choose in response to life. So you read the schoolwork and that is electromagnetic light waves and sound waves that go through your mind and are processed through your mind and then push through your brain and your brain responds and builds what you have just read and, and thought about and this, that you've done your thinking, feeling and choosing about into little trees in your brain. And then I'm, um, so I'm, for those of you that didn't see, I'm holding up a body with a brain in it. It's not a real one. It's a model. And then now I'm holding up a tree, a little plant, and this plant is what a thought looks like. So this schoolwork becomes these plants in our brain but sometimes we don't build them properly and they get all kind of muddled up so as you are growing these trees in your brain using the five steps of the neurocycle makes the information go in in a nice orderly way so you don't just it like a tree has this is a really easy way to understand think of a tree for those of you that can't see just visualize a tree and now we know that a tree's got roots so I'm holding up a little tree and this tree's got roots. And so the information that the child has to learn for the for school is what's going into the roots. That's the content. That's the data. Okay. And then how they are understanding the data is then processed and create and the, and the branches are their interpretation and understanding of the data. And then as you are thinking, feeling and choosing using the five steps, you make sure that the data, the branches, their understanding is accurate. So the five steps create a nice strong thought that they can then talk about this or write an exam on this or apply this in their schoolwork. And that process builds these trees in the brain that create tremendous health. And in the morning, when all of us humans wake up, whether we are a child or an adult, we have millions of new baby nerve cells. And those new baby nerve cells are there to help us build these networks into the brain. So if we don't do brain building and we don't think deeply about 
about stuff. And it's not necessarily just for schoolwork, brain building. You can do it for, you know, on fun stuff too. You could make it a fun exercise. You could do brain building on a movie that you like or on a book that you've read or your kids tell you a story that they heard or something going on at school. You could do that as a little five steps neurocycle and a brain building exercise using the neurocycle like that. The point is that during the course of the day, we need to use those new baby nerve cells. And how do we use them? Through brain building, through deep thinking, feeling and choosing, through directed and intentional deep thinking, deep thinking, feeling and choosing. So really directing the mind in action, which is what you're doing with a neurocycle. The neurocycle is how you do this deep thinking, directing of the thinking, feeling and choosing, this good stuff. And that builds into your brain. But if you don't use those baby nerve cells, by the time you get to bed at night and you've got leftover ones, they kind of they become like toxic waste in your brain. And that can disturb your sleep. And that cumulatively over time can lead to a sense of hovering anxiety. So you don't want to do that. You want to clean up your brain. Okay. So a lot of, of symptom relief from the ADD and ADHD will come from manage from brain building, from correct learning, like I've been describing, from managing diet, managing exercise, managing technology. Before we continue with today's episode, I want to share with you a little about a company I recently discovered, love and highly recommend, and one my family and I are all loving, Athletic Greens. With so many stresses in life, it's difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits and give our bodies the nutrients it needs to thrive. Busy schedules, poor sleep, exercise, stress, or simply not eating enough of the right foods. This is where Athletic Greens can help. Their daily, all-in-one superfood powder is your nutritional essential. It is by far the easiest and most delicious nutritional habit that you can add to your health routine today, while avoiding the need to take multiple pills or add complex routines. They simplify the logistics of getting optimal nutrition on a daily basis by giving you one thing with all the best things. One tasty scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more that all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, increase energy and focus, aid with digestion, and support a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products. I love adding Athletic Greens to my morning smoothies or acai bowls. My husband, Mac, loves adding it to some water right before a workout and swears it makes a difference. And right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system during the winter months. They are offering my audience a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit my link today. You'll basically never have to buy vitamin D again. So, whether you're looking for peak performance or better health, covering your bases with Athletic Greens makes investing in your energy, immunity, and gut health each day simple, tasty, and efficient. Simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash leaf and join health experts, athletes, and health-conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, Simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash leaf and get your free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. The link and offer details will be in the show notes as well. Now let's talk about the emotional side. Let's talk about the anxiety. The other day, someone sent through a question for a live and it was a very interesting question. And they said to me that, how do I help my children not become professors of depression? And I thought that's like so interesting because depression, and it's it's such an important question. How do we help our kids with things like depression and anxiety? And we read all over the place, especially now with COVID and with the changes that have happened from the pandemic, is we read all over the place that, that our kids 
kids, there's an increase in anxiety in, in everyone, not just kids. But I want to tell you something that anxiety and depression haven't just emerged in the last year of the pandemic or a few years prior to that. Anxiety and depression has been around in children and adults since the beginning of time. In other words, anxiety and depression are responses to life. They are warning signals, responses. We respond to life and the way we process that response creates a warning signal. And the warning signal is alerting you to say that, hey, the way that you've responded is not really good for your survival. So you need to do something about it. So we have this really weird philosophy in the West, and it's so unfortunate. But this philosophy is that we look at anxiety and depression as bad. And so we see our kids anxious and depressed. We feel anxious and depressed and full of toxic thoughts. And we think, according to the common language of today, that, oh, my goodness, I have an anxiety disorder. I have a disease of the brain. And that's the message our kids are getting. And it's the wrong message. It's not the truth. They don't have a disease. Listen, if you're battling at school or you've been bullied and you're anxious and then you get told on top of it that you've got some kind of disease and there's something wrong with you, can you just imagine as a child what that does to your self-esteem? I mean, kids can't even process that. They just know there's something wrong with them and that the younger they are, the worse they feel about themselves and that they've done something wrong and that they're bad. So their self-esteem immediately gets shot. And I know as a parent of four and as someone who's worked with kids for years, 25 years I've practiced clinically and I've been involved in this field for 38 years, I know that you just want to do the best for your child. And it seems like, well, if you have a label, at least you can understand why your child's like this. But the label may give you temporary relief, but it's not sustainable. And eventually will backfire because you're not a label. That label is just simply see the label as a description of a warning signal. So it's not a label. It's a warning signal of an underlying issue that you need to find out what's going on. So like I always teach with adults, you need to recognize that depression and anxiety are not bad. And this is what I found in my research, a recent study coming out of Texas and University of Japan, plus a lot of scientific studies and a large portion of an Eastern kind of view is looking at these things like depression and anxiety, not as bad, but as helpful messengers, helpful messengers telling you something. A messenger is bringing you information to help you with something. So anxiety and depression, instead of pushing them away and trying to suppress them because you can't, because depression and anxiety, and I'm holding up a toxic tree now, it's a wiry toxic tree. Depression and anxiety are the result of this whole thing. And this whole thing, this whole thought tree has roots. And the roots are the origin or the source of the anxiety. And that creates the perspective of the anxiety and the branches above the ground. These are your interpretation of the anxiety that translate into your behaviors, what you say and what you do, and also create the warning signals. So the warning signals are not the end of the story. They're just the beginning of the story. We need to, they just saying, hey, pay attention. There's something going on here. And you need to focus on this and, and actually pay attention and track it back down to the origin story. And that's what the neurocycle can do. So if you have your child coming home from school and they seem to be particularly quiet that day and they seem to be very anxious and maybe you're taking them to an activity that they normally love, but they suddenly don't want to go. Or in, a, in other words, if there's any behavior change in your child, no matter what age, if there's something that seems to be out of sorts, and if it's only once off, then it could just be that they're feeling down or they just had a little bit of a bad day. And even then, it's a good idea to do a neurocycle with them just to help them process that bad day and to help them to see that bad days are okay, that you have bad days, that that's part of being human, that we have these bad days that make these mental messes in our head. And that's okay. Like every day when you 
cook and and you may and and after cooking there's a big mess in the kitchen and you've got to clean it up and that happens daily and every day your teeth get dirty and you've got to clean the mess of your teeth and every day you've got to bath and wash your body because your body gets dirty the same thing with life we're going through the day getting dirty teeth we're going through the day cooking and getting dirty kitchens we're going through the day and we are experiencing life and we it's kind of experimental we can't control the events and circumstances you can't control what child x in the class is going to say to your child or what the teacher's mood is that day that they may say something to your child that that you don't you know that may seem fine to them and it may not be intentional but it knocks your child for a loop or you you we just we don't know what's going to happen with 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 the next moment in COVID and in other words the events and circumstances of life are unpredictable and uncontrollable but what is under our control and this we've got to explain to kids that life is kind of like this big experiment and we're not quite sure what's happening but we can learn to control our responses and we learn to control our responses through self regulation. And which then is basically self-regulation and mind management go hand in hand. And this can be taught to kids from very, very young and should be taught to children from very, very young because the mind can be developed just as our bodies are growing, our mind is growing. And even as an adult, we keep looking after our bodies. So we need to keep looking after our mind. It's a continual ongoing process. You keep cleaning your teeth, you keep cleaning the house, you keep growing your mind. Your mind's driving it all anyway. Your mind is behind every runs your digestive system. So to get the nutrition out of your food, your mind is driving that process. So if you're eating a great healthy diet and your child's eating that great healthy diet, but they're totally anxious from whatever happened at school and they haven't managed that, they can lose up to 80% of the nutrition and still get GI symptoms because the pancreas can't do what it's supposed to do and the gallbladder can't do what it's supposed to do because of the anxiety. Guys, we are physical, 1% physical and 99% mind. Your mind is your aliveness, you and your child. I'm holding up a b- model of the body and you can look at yourself. Your physical is one around about, it's 1% to 10%, okay? 90 to 99% is mind. Mind is this gravitational field that is around and moves through the brain and the body and is how we process life and then we ex- push that into the brain and the body, build these networks and then we express our mind through our, using our brain and our body and express, use our brain and body and then we say and do so it's experience it's processing through this gravitational field mind think feel choose thing through the brain brain and body respond thoughts are built and then action from these okay and we can control that process we can develop that process we can learn to recognize and i'm holding up a toxic tree now we can learn to recognize from the signals that these toxic trees produce that you need to manage these because if you don't manage toxic thoughts they get suppressed and pushed away now think of a young child a young child who's maybe five or six and they're getting really bullied at school because they may be different in some way or they just whatever they maybe said something in class i mean children as you know can be extremely cruel and that is an incident that they don't know how to process so they build a little toxic thought so there's the if i'm holding up the tree again so here's this little five-year-old and something happens in class and it's a little experience so that's the root what happens in the action the incident is the root how did it go in the incident happened the child processed that through thinking feeling choosing and built that into the brain as this toxic thought and then that then immediately produced it all happens instantaneously produced the tree trunk which is their perspective oh i'm silly or oh i'm naughty or oh i'm bad and then that produces the data of the branches and the leaves these are memories root memories and these are branch branch memories 
memories are your behaviors and your emotions. So the branches of the tree are your interpretation of the story and it manifests in the behaviors and your and your emotions. And that then this combined thing leads to your words and your behaviors and your actions, what the world sees you doing. So when your child is feeling super anxious and starting to maybe withdraw or be snappy, those are behaviors that are coming that are and emotions that are warning signals telling you that something's going on. And if it's a repeated pattern, we need to then start helping them to process that so that you can find out what's going on. And if you start training yourself to do this and teaching your kids to do this, then you start creating a very safe environment for where we can allow our children to be able to express themselves. And I know every, I'm a parent and I know my intentions are always to help my kids and protect them in every way and, and fix all their pain. And, and we can't fix anything. But we can teach them how to fix themselves and we can support them in the process. And it does start with you. It starts with you being extremely honest and authentic about your emotions and your feelings and your experiences. So let's say that you're having a super tough day work-wise and you've just had some issues with maybe some friends and then maybe even with your spouse. And the combination is just like too much. Also maybe worrying about finances and about COVID and health issues and just like a lot. And then your child comes and says, can you can you play with me, mom? Or, or maybe by mistake drops the water on the ground or makes a big mess or something. And you snap at them and your reaction is way, way, way beyond the actual issue that happened. Like you overreact, in other words. And then your child's crying and they feel traumatized and you feel traumatized because you traumatized your child. I'm sure you can relate to this. Maybe it's an older child, a teenager, and they ask you something and or they just kind of withdrawn and you get really snappy and snarly and you say something really nasty and you don't mean to and you feel guilty and shame and I mean guilt and shame parents seem to seems to be synonymous with being a parent seems to be guilt and shame but we, we need to recognize that guilt and shame we can you make work for us anyway to come back to that situation when that happens what you can do is model your behavior and say hey gosh wow own it oh gosh wow I'm so sorry the way I just spoke really was not okay I snapped at you Maybe you even swore. Maybe you got mad. Maybe you screamed. Okay, whatever you did, it's okay. You were just having a mental mess. And so you give that message to your child. Hey, listen, it's okay that I'm having a mental mess. It's not okay that I hurt you. But let me tell you what happened. And then you proceed to say, I feel really anxious today and very sad and very worried because, and then you can tell as much as you want in this, depending on age of child and how much you want to share, but give them some reason why you are feeling, why you were snappy, why you were irritated, why you behaved in the way you did. Tell them about how your body feels, that you feel tense and like sore and achy and, and, and that you might just go and have a hot bath just to get your muscles unwound or maybe, you know, go for a walk or do some press-ups quickly or some kind of movement. So you Tell, tell them all this. So you, 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 in fact, you, so you, what you're doing out loud is you are doing a neurocycle. You are owning your, 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 your issue, your little temper tantrum and the pain it caused your child and the pain it caused yourself. But you're not just leaving it there and trying to wash it away and just, I'm sorry, which is a good thing to say, by the way, I'm sorry, but you're actually going to teach them how to manage that. So you're going to go beyond just, oh, I'm so sorry. You're going to say, I did this because of. And so you go from your warning signals. You go from, this is how I feel emotionally. This is how I feel on a, this is what I'm, my, what I feel in my body. This is what I feel. This is what I'm doing. I snapped at you. I'm, I'm, I'm snapping at dad or mom or whoever you're male, female, whatever. And I'm, I'm also feeling like today is just a horrible day. But it's not like this every day. And it's okay to feel this way because this is a mess now. But I'll clean, like we clean up the, clean our teeth and clean up the mess in the house. I'll clean this up. So you're giving yourself permission and you're giving your child permission. Do you know that only 3% of leaders 
and you, you as a parent are a leader. Leaders as a parent in corporate environments, educational environments, institutions, government, religious environments, leaders across the board, only 3% talk about their mental health. That's not good enough. That means we're not giving permission and we're in denial. 97% of people are trying to pretend that they don't have mental health issues. We all do. If you're human, you're a mess. What you can do is learn to manage it so that you can clean up your messes quicker and manage them quicker. So what I'm essentially saying is that the first role in neurocycling to help your child comes from you modeling the process. This episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic, a wellness company that is well known for its delicious mushroom coffee. Four Sigmatic's mushroom coffee is real, organic, fair trade, single origin Arabica coffee with lion's mane mushroom for productivity and chaga mushroom for immune support. I've been starting my day with Four Sigmatic's ground mushroom coffee with lion's mane instead of regular coffee and I love how it helps me focus so I can get hours of research and interviews done. It's amazing and I absolutely feel an uptick in my productivity every time I drink it. Mushroom coffee is also easy on my gut and doesn't leave me with that awful jittery feeling or midday crash. Now you're probably thinking, does this coffee taste like mushrooms? I can guarantee it tastes just like the coffee you love. It brews dark and nutty and tastes incredible. We've worked out an exclusive offer with Four Sigmatic on their best-selling mushroom coffee, but this is just for cleaning up the mental mess listeners. Get up to 40% off and free shipping on mushroom coffee bundles. To claim this deal, you must go to foursigmatic.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. This offer is only for cleaning up the mental mess listeners and is not available on their regular website. You'll save up to 40% and get free shipping. So go right now to foursigmatic.com slash Dr. Leaf and fuel your productivity and creativity with some delicious mushroom coffee. The link and details will be in the show notes. Then let's talk about your child. So now you've modeled and I've given you all this other advice. Now let's say that you do notice that your child's coming home from school or your child, I know it's a lot of people are doing homeschooling at the moment, but you notice that there's a change in behavior in your child. And there's an, so now you sit down with them and depending on the age, if, if they're very young, then you can use a lot of sort of, you can use toys and a lot of drawing and a lot of sort of symbolic stuff that's that they can touch and feel and because drawing is a great way especially with crayons drawing with crayons is fantastic because crayons are, are so expressive and they feel good and if you get a big piece of paper and you really even older kids like my eldest some of my kids love to still as adults love to use a crayon I mean you're frustrated it's a very we don't have to but these are just suggestions okay and the older the child is they may not want to be so hands-on it's more just sort of discussion that you're having but you're still going to need paper either way so you're still going to need a little create get a little a diary that they love and you call it the neurocycle journal you call it the neurocycle journal so so train them give them a beautiful diary or a big book or something or you know something that they can write in and it, and call it the neurocycle journal and give them the pens and the crayons and whatever they need so that they know that when i'm feeling like this that's where i go to process this or I bring the neurocycle journal to you and this is how I can process this okay and so then you you notice your child's feeling sad so you say to them I noticed like Johnny you like just really seem to be feeling you know like, is, are you okay and they'll say I'm fine most of the time and then you say well you don't seem fine I've noticed that that I'm really sad for you because you seem very sad and whatever emotional words you feel appropriate you seem to be a little bit worried about something did something happen can I help you do you want to talk about this? So then they might say yes or no, and then you can probe deeper. So now I'm going to actually just look down at my notes, and I'm going to give you 
And by the way, what I'm working from now is what's is one of the bonus chapters in that you can that you get when you pre-order my book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. Okay, and I'm holding up my book for those that are just listening. I'm holding up my book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, that is released in the next 24 hours. And if you pre-order, you're going to get this chapter that I'm talking about, stuff I'm talking about now, as an actual chapter, as a bonus chapter. But only if you pre-order and register your pre-order at cleaningupyourmentalmess.com. So now, the five steps of the neurocycle are gather, reflect, write, recheck, and active reach. Okay, all in the book. And all in this in the book itself, and then the application for children, as I said, are in the bonus chapters. And I have a NeuroCycle app, okay, and that app has got a, a whole guide for children. So this stuff I'm saying now is also in a NeuroCycle guide inside the app. So multiple places where you can get access to this. Okay, so what you would then say to your child is, okay, let's get your NeuroCycle journal and let's draw a tree because whatever's making you sad is like a tree. And so then. Draw a big tree so that, and draw that you've got enough space to write around the tree. So maybe you can get quite a big, that's why I suggest getting quite a big journal so you've got enough space. Okay, and just draw, you draw it or your child draws it or you draw it together. It doesn't have to be fancy, just draw a tree. And what you can do is start when you draw the tree, try to start with drawing the roots first and then draw, draw a line where there's the ground and then draw the little tree trunk and then draw branches and put some leaves on the branches. It doesn't have to be a work of art, but kind of in that order, okay? And then you say, and then out of the branches, just put like little curvy lines and that's like, you know, like we represent in a comic when something smells funny or if you look at a cartoon or something and something is, is supposed to show that it smells funny, they have like little wiggly lines sort of showing that the smell's coming off it. So however you would represent something having, being a signal, something being emitted, it could be little, little shooting out lines or different colors, but somehow show that the tree is, is shooting something out of it. And those are the warning signals. So then you would then you would walk them through the process. So you look at the tree and you say, okay, you start asking them questions and you say, how do you feel? Can you describe your emotions to me? And if they say no, then you say, can you draw them? And then they can draw a line from the tree and then they can draw their emotions however they want. That's totally their creative. They may might draw little faces. They may write words if they can write, whatever. This is obviously for a younger child. An older child, you could go straight into a metacog and a metacog is arranging things on a page around a central bubble with branches growing out of it. I have in my book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, I have exactly how to make a new metacog plus an example. And in the NeuroCycle app, I also have a video of how to make a metacog it's the most fantastic way of writing and or in getting the two sides of the brain to work together so that you can find out what's going on much quicker and get your mind under control much quicker. The third step is is writing, and then you would write in a metacog. Okay? So the first thing, so just to come back to the beginning, the first thing is drawing a little line out of the tree. You can you ask the questions. So just to orientate you, if it's a young child, draw the tree. And they can start writing all their answers out of the tree because you're going to then walk them through the five steps. So the first thing is draw that tree and then you walk them through you walk them through the five steps. And I'm going to show you how now. If it's an older child, you can then get the NeuroCycle Journal out as well and they can start making a metacog. So they can draw a circle in the middle of the page and then they can write that, that you give the thought, the thought a name. Maybe it could be just I'm sad. And then as you are progressing, you may want to change the name of the thought and it might change from I'm sad to I was bullied today or my friend fought with me today or whatever. So the thought is the concept. The tree is a thought tree. Like trees are made of branches. Thoughts are made of memories. So the 
thought is the whole concept. I'm sad. My friend bullied me, whatever. And the, the branches then are the details, what actually happened. So the roots would be the origin story, what actually happened, what's the source. And then the tree trunk is how you, is kind of your perspective, your attitude, mindset. This sucks. I'm so sad. I'm a terrible friend. I hate myself or whatever. And the branches and leaves are the behaviors and the emotions, your interpretation of how you see yourself now through this incident. Okay, so you would then say to the child, okay, how do you feel? Can you tell me about your your feelings? And that's where you've got the the guide in the book for different emotions. But whatever they say, they can write it. You can write it. Maybe they tell you and you write it. Maybe they tell you to draw it. Anyway, then you ask, how do you feel in your body? Do you feel sore anywhere? Do you feel is your tummy sore? Do you feel like vomiting? Do you, you know, are, are you are you tightening any of your muscles? And then write that down. You know, just draw a picture or whatever. Then you start asking them, what are you, I noticed that you are, are very quiet today and you don't seem to want to eat. That's behavior. And they may nod their head and you could, you know, add that to the tree. Then you go back to what you've, what you've, what you've drawn over there and you start asking, why do you think you feel this way? Why is your body sore? So you are start asking, answering, and discussing, which is the second step. It's the reflect step. So there you can do things like, let's, can, you, can you name the tree now? What's on the branches? What are your behaviors? What are you doing? What are you feeling? What are you feeling in your mind? What are you feeling in your body? So this information is telling you more about what's going on. You're digging deeper. And, as, and then you can ask them, why do you think you feel like that? So what... Why? Ask, answer, discuss. Ask, answer, discuss. Just keep, and that's the reflex step. Just hang around there for a bit. The third step is write. Now, as you've noticed, you already have been writing, but now you're really going to write more. So you're going to say, okay, so now, and this is where you may have to step in if it's a younger child to write. This is where you then, all around the tree, you can start adding more detail. So you feel like this. Do you also feel like this? Why do you think, do you think we can dig deeper and find out more? Just tell me everything you're feeling. I can write it for you if you want. Or do you want to draw some more? So in other words, you go, whereas in the beginning, the writing, was just sort of capturing their thoughts as you asked them the questions. But this right step, the third step, is where you really try and write a lot more. You really just try and get them to pour it out as quickly as they can. The first two steps, you've really guided them. Now you just want them to pour their brain on paper through drawings or words. Okay, and then once they've done that, say, okay, now let's look at what we've drawn on the page and what we've written. What does this mean? How can we make this work for us? How can we make, if you're feeling sad because you're, in, 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 because by that stage you would have started getting a glimpse into why. At this point, by the third step, you would start hearing things like, well, I was bullied at school, or my teacher always shouts at me, or this one pulled my hair, or my sibling did this, or you and dad did that, or my dog this, or whatever. You start getting a glimpse, and you're not going to solve this on the first day. You do this for about 15 to 45 minutes. I wouldn't do longer than, I'd actually keep it around 15 minutes, and you don't have to solve it all today. You know, so try and get to all five steps. So, so don't try and solve it all in one day. I'm telling you it all in one shot. But you basically need to spread this out over 15-minute sessions. The younger the child, the shorter the session. I wouldn't go longer than 45 minutes, 15 to 45 minutes, depending on the age of the child. And you spread this over time. You do this over a few days. And in fact, you may have to, you, you would have to actually continue for 63 days. But I know that sounds enormous with kids. But get this NeuroCycle Journal going because you may find today that you only, you know, you only discover they only get to the point where they're able to express that oh i'm sad something happened but you don't get the answer that's okay tomorrow you pick up the next you pick up where you left off and say let's do a little bit of you know let's 
do a little bit more of this. And maybe you only write three or four things the first day and you add a little bit more the next day and a little bit more the next day and a little bit more the next day. So you don't have to solve it all today. Even though I've explained it as one whole process, you don't have to solve it all today. What you do need to do is help them in that moment. So let's say that you are going somewhere with your child and they, they don't want to go there because they're frightened and they always used to love going there. Or you see that they just like, can't seem to come out of, they don't want to come out of their room, they don't want to eat dinner. They're just like really, really pulling away and depressed. So you may have to just help them in the moment. So, okay, and then you can go through the five steps quickly and say, okay, how are you feeling? You know, gather awareness. What are, you, what are your feelings? What are your physical feelings? What are your behaviors? The questions that, that, I've, that I've told you. Ask, answer, and discuss why you're feeling these things in your, in your emotions and your body. Let's write that down and let's then make a plan. Fourth step, recheck. Let's make a plan. What does this mean? How can we fix this? What would make you happy again? And then the little, the last step, which I hadn't told you yet, is the act of reach. And that's a little action. So what can we do now to make you a little bit happier today so that you can come and eat dinner with us, so that you can feel a little bit happier today? But then I promise you tomorrow we'll pick this up again and we've got this NeuroCycle Journal and we're going to work out why you've been feeling sad for so long. And I'm going to help you. I'm there with you. Okay, so... One thing I just want to say is in this process is make sure you always validate your child. Never say things to your child like, oh, it's not so bad. You'll get over this. You know, don't bring in toxic positivity. And I know I've done it myself. I know that your intentions are good. I know you're trying to help them manage the process and take the pain away and make it easier. And you're trying to say it's not so bad, but actually... that invalidates them. What for you may seem like a teeny, teeny thing for them is this massive problem. And so you have to consider their perspective. And we have to also remember that when we were that age, our parents didn't fully understand us and did that kind of thing to us by mistake or maybe intentionally. I don't know what kind of upbringing you had, but for your child now in this moment in time, if you have a child and you're trying to help them, don't invalidate their feelings. If they tell you that this one said this and it seems so irrelevant to you. Just say, wow, I'm so sorry. That must be so hard. And just, can I help you? Give me, Let me give you a hug. And can, do you want to do a neurocycle? Let's work through that. So always validate their feelings. And what you're doing with this whole process of gathering and reflecting and writing and rechecking and active reach, which is your little action to help you in the next moment or to help you change that pattern. It's the action part that you always end the day off in. And eventually you get it becomes the actual pattern. And you obviously do this over time. And you'll see in the book, I explained to you that you to, for behavior change to happen, it does take 63 days but the whole what you're teaching here is self-regulation you're teaching a child that it's okay to feel emotions you're giving them permission and you're telling them it's not the end of the world they're not nothing wrong with them they're just being human and there's a way out there's a way through there's a there's a reason why you feel this way and let's work this out together now you teach this to a child by the time they're a teenager and an adult i mean it's like you you that's this is mind management this is what we can learn over time so just in terms of the, the time it takes to change, it takes doesn't take 21 days to form a habit. It takes 63. So you are going to have to, there is a definite pattern in your child's life. You're not going to solve it all in the first three days. It's going to take you 21 days to identify, find, and find the, the core issue. And then, so that's the 15, five steps, 15 minutes a day for about three weeks. This is based on the neuroscience in my research. But then for the next, next six weeks, and I know it sounds long, but it's really simple. You just take... 
Step five, so you make a final active reach. That was the problem. This is the solution. And that solution is what you consciously practice using for the next six weeks. So it's not difficult. And you could just make a little flashcard. You could write it in their journal. You could stick it up on their mirror. You could put it in their phone so it pops up. In my NeuroCycle app, I actually have a little section where you can put in your active reach reminders and you can set them to pop up seven times a day or once a day, whatever, over 42 days. And in that way, the child just reads it or you read it together and you remind each other. So in other words, you're practicing this new behavior consciously every day. So you're like watering a plant. By 63 days, it's become a habit. Behavior change only occurs when you've developed a habit. And so that's why you've got to do this over time. So this is a lifestyle. This is what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. So you teach your child young, you teach them a way of managing it. So any one person, any one time should be doing some sort of daily 15-minute detox process to the, to using the neurocycle. And then as you, the neurocycle can be used in any moment. Someone bullied me. My sister fought with me. My mom upset me. So you give them, a, you're giving them a system for, I'm so upset. I'm not going to feel bad about myself. I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm upset. Why? Write it down. Do you check? In other words, see it in a different way. Try and understand, deconstruct and reconstruct it. Try and give an alternative view. What's the antidote? And what's my little action? And the more you do it and the more you practice it, Obviously, like anything, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Well, I hope this has helped you. As I said, there is a, this information is in a chapter in the pre. If, if you pre-order this book today, you'll get this. What I've explained today in depth about the children application. There's a bonus chapter that goes with this. The how-to of neurocycling is in detail in this book. So. Everything that I've explained, all these five steps and the writing and all the technical side of this, it's all in the book with tons of examples. The application to children is the chapter in the pre-order bonus. And if you, we've got 24 hours left to pre-order, so go ahead and pre-order. You'll find the link in the show notes. And don't forget to register your pre-order at cleaningupyourmentalmess.com. I hope this has helped you, and I look forward to seeing you next time. And send me comments, send me feedback, and send me questions of like what you would like me to teach in these podcasts. Thank you so much, everyone, for spending time with me today. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.